hope you join me today in reflecting on this last year. And I hope for all of you, it has been a year of grace and gift and blessing. I feel that. I feel a strong blessing from this year. Not because it was a perfect year, not because there weren't a lot of challenges, but somehow, by the grace of God, this Emmanuel, this Christ with us, has become more and more, I think, uh, alive and well in our community here of St. Monica. Your generosity and your kindness and your goodness. Christmas was powerful. We had thousands of people here. They're back. You're back. And it's a gift. It's a huge gift. Not only to this community of faith, but to each other. And so today we say thank you. Thank you for this wonderful year, Lord. Thank you for the gifts and for the challenges of this year. And we ask for a very special blessing as we begin the new year. Father Thomas Park, who was a member of our parish and is the associate pastor here at St. Monica, lost his father the day after, after Christmas, that early morning. And we want to pray for Thomas. Um, I remember when my dad and my mom and my sister died, I needed this community. I needed it for care and support and love. And it was an incredible gift that you gave. Well, Thomas is not my personality. He's, he's shy and pretty introverted, unlike your pastor. <laughs> and, and so all the more reason for us to surround him. I'm sure he'll be out there after mass today to surround him with love. His father was 95 years of age when he died and they, he took good care of his dad and his mother. His mother's still alive with his sister. They're a quiet family, but they need, my brothers and sisters, our love and our care. The funeral will be next Wednesday a week on the 11th at Holy Cross. I'm not suggesting that you have to come to it, but if a few of you, just a few, could come and support that good man, that's a grace and blessing. Then, of course, we lost this week Pope Benedict. Now, as you might know, I was probably not his greatest fan. I, I, you know, he was an amazing man, a brilliant man. I, it probably, the reason is, I just, I, I couldn't understand him. He was way beyond me. The depth of his, of his, of his uh, knowledge and, and, and the brilliance of his writing. And, I mean, it was an amazing gift that he gave to this church of ours. But brothers and sisters, think about this. Here's a man who had all power. I mean, if you're Pope, that's it. And somehow, he was able to see and to say, enough. I can't continue. Think of the courage and the inner strength, the, the, the integrity of that kind of a life. That's amazing to me. I think it's a huge gift for all of us. Integrity of life to know. Can't do it anymore. And as a result of that, seeking retirement. I, I, was, I came out at five o'clock in the morning. I was riding my bike in those days and I saw all of these ABC trucks and stuff and I said, oh God, not another problem. <laughs> so I got on my bike, I just kept my head down, 
And I went down three blocks. I picked up my phone to figure out what, the, you know, what was the next big problem. And there it was. Benedict had retired. Amazing. Just an amazing gift. So we honor him. Thursday is his funeral in Rome. And I know Pope Francis has a deep love. He called him a noble, gentle man. And he certainly was that. So we thank God today for Benedict. A rather reticent, quiet, introverted person, but brilliant. Doing so much for the church and giving us the great example of his love. So today, my brothers and sisters, we hear in that first great reading from Numbers, the great Jewish prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine on you. May he be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. Isn't that beautiful? That's the prayer that they repeat over and over and over. I often do weddings with mixed religion and there'll be a rabbi there. And that's the prayer that they use. That's the great prayer given to Moses. The prayer that we say as we begin this year today. So we join our brothers and sisters of the Jewish tradition in celebrating that great gift that the face of God, the face of God is given to us, is before us. We have to find it. But it's there, my brothers and sisters. The face of God is in our lives. And it's the face of God that gives us graciousness, love, and blessing. The last couple of days I've been wandering around the city visiting hospitals because I love visiting the people that are alone and separated and distanced. I get more out of it certainly than they get for sure. And when I talk to these people in hospitals and sick beds, they're fearful of death. They're fearful of, of some mistake that they made in their life and they go over it and over it. I say to them, please, God has forgotten that. We must go on. We must hear this prayer. The face of our God is gracious and loving and caring. He's forgotten our misdeeds. And all he asks us to do, what does he ask us to do? When I was hungry, he gave me something to eat. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick or in prison, you visited me. Brothers and sisters, the only command, the only command of our God is the command of love. It's pretty simple. And so that's what we begin with. That great prayer of the Jewish tradition. That great prayer. The face of God graciously looking upon us today.
I believe that. And I hope you do as well. Forget about the other stuff. It's over. There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. Mistakes are made. Crazy things happen. I'm probably the craziest of them all. And if I lived in my past, I would be shriveled up. I would literally be just shriveled up. But I'm not. Because more and more and more I read the scriptures. And a singular thought comes. Over and over again. And here it is. Second reading. We are sons and daughters of the living God. The spirit of his son is in us. And we cry, Abba, Father. Jesus, like all Jews, was born under the law. It was through the law that salvation came. Brothers and sisters, that's over. We are saved because we are sons and daughters of the living God. It has nothing to do with circumcision, nothing to do with fasting, nothing to do with ritual. It has everything to do with the fact that we become a son and daughter of the living God. And that's why we're saved. And we cry, Abba, Father, in gratitude and in assurance. You're no longer a slave. But you're a son. And if you're a son, it says, you are an heir to heaven. How about that? So death is beautiful. Death is the culmination of our sonship or daughtership. Death is the final coming. I often say to people, haven't you had a good life? Yes, I've had a good life. I can only imagine what the life ahead will be like. I can only imagine. Now I'm getting near it. <laughs> so I get to imagine it. <laughs> but there it is. Now the gospel. The gospel is about Mary. It's her feast day. We pray to her in so many ways. We pray in devotion for her through Our Lady of Lourdes and through Fatima and through the Rosary and through the beautiful images we have of Our Blessed Lady. The Magnificat is probably the second most thought prayer in the whole world. Our Father and then the, the Magnificat and the Hail Mary are certainly the most important prayers we know. But the Scripture, the Scripture today says something that we just can't, can't forget. And, and brothers and sisters, I gotta tell you, I've come to this late in my life. This is not something I, I, I said when I was 40. I mean, I saw the shepherds and I, you know, it was wonderful and saw little sheep and things. But you know what the shepherds are like? The shepherds were hired hands. They were the, 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 one of the poorest of the poor. They had to work every single day 
to tend the flock of somebody else. So they couldn't observe this Shabbat. So they were ostracized by the Jew. Because they were hired hands. People who did not observe the Sabbath because they had to work for those who had more. And because they had no money, they made no contribution to the temple. So that finished them. It was over. The shepherds were the outcasts. Believe that or not. The shepherds were the outcasts of the time. Now those are thoughts that have come to me over and over and over again. But it's, it's, it's pretty new to me. So think about that, my brothers and sisters. Our Lord, in his birth, his first revelation, his first act, his first act was to reveal himself to the outcast. Now think about that. Not to kings and queens. Not to the most important. To the outcast. The shepherds were told that this virgin had conceived a son. He was Emmanuel. So they rushed to the place where they could find them. They immediately told Mary and Joseph what they heard. Your son is the son of God. Emmanuel, the long-awaited. And that came from the voice of those who were separated and distanced and disconnected from the former religion of the time. Last Saturday night, John Putnam and... um, Another fellow and I went out to the streets of of Santa Monica about 10 o'clock. And I met 25 people, women and men, on the streets here of this city. And they're broken. And it was cold. And they're all just alone. And I said to every single one of them, do you know that God loves you? And he came just for you. Do you believe that? I do. I do believe it. Read the scripture. Listen to the word. Ponder the words that Mary ponders. You also, I think, we together will see that this God sent his son in the most humble act possible, becoming one with us. And in his humility, he went to the humble and he shared this gift of his love. So I don't know what your resolve is for the year ahead, brothers and sisters, but I think if we're serious about all of this, You and I will do the same. We'll do our best. Don't have to be physically poor. Could be just spiritually wanting and in need.
please, I beg you, go out. Share that good news. God loves you. And he came. He came just for you and for me. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. I love you so much, and thank you.